so beautiful. I love your braids. Thank you. I also, you know, these braids are like, I couldn't sleep after having them done. I know. Did you just get them done? I just got them done like yesterday. I couldn't sleep. I know. Because now like your brain is trying to touch the back of your neck, right? (laughs) Exactly. You get it. You know, there's nothing better than a new hairstyle. It's like one of the best things ever. Yes. I'm supposed to get my hair done. The faux locks. Oh, they, they're going to suit you. Mm-hmm. I can see it already. You're you think so? so good on them. You think so? Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I think you are like a bad woman because you got color in your hair. I've never. A whole rainbow. I love it. I, I say I'm not that grown yet. Y'all are too grown for me, but I love it. And purple is my favorite color. Me too. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm telling you. Purple is like one of my favorite colors. Blue and purple. Purple is my absolute. But I cannot, we're trying to get Lungi back on the line. We're having trouble with her audio. Baby sis, go help your sister. I'm I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be on in a few minutes or a few seconds, really. Yeah, yeah, she's just fixing something quickly. Yeah, no worries. No worries. So <laughs> And it's okay. raining this time. You know, well, it's raining here too. I was just going to ask, it's 7 o'clock p.m. there. What have y'all been doing all day? Oh, my goodness. We have been, well, I have been working on my stuff. I don't know about Lungi. She'll, she'll tell you what she was doing. You've been up to doing a bunch of work yesterday I got absolutely no sleep the night before so last night I went out had one or two drinks then came home did a bit of work fell asleep got up this morning did a bit of work got prepared to see y'all and yeah that's it Nothing you are much. you're like a superwoman. How can you do all of that in two days? I know. It's just, you know, because I want to do it. I'm really passionate about the work that I do. I love what I do. So mm-hmm. I just, yes, I'm tired, but I prefer to be on the line with Lorado. Yes. Okay. You're pronouncing <laughs> it so nicely, though. Oh. Well, I, that's a big thing for me. Like I don't have um, ordinary name, right? Alexia. And even in email, people will still misspell my name. And I'm like, come on guys. Like I understand if you can't pronounce it, but at least try. So I try with people's names, you know, that's the least that I can do. And plus it's you. So why shouldn't I want to at least try to pronounce your name correctly? So, Lorado, that's beautiful. Yes, and it also means love. It Aww. adds on the beauty of the name. Oh, yeah. it kind of, it reminds me of vibrato. I'm a singer as well, just like Lungi. Oh. oh let's see. Oh, here she is. Here she is, is. She, is she coming in? Let's see, let's see. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, vibrato, Lorado reminds me of vibrato. Do you sing? Uh, Yeah, but not really. No? It runs in the family, yes. 
Oh, it, I do see. Yes. It. Hi. 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 It's working. <laughs> Sorry about that. No. No worries. Okay. No worries. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm. I'm so excited to finally meet you. To finally be here in South Africa. Same. Like this is almost a dream come true for me. I love you, Lorado. Sending emojis. <laughs> oh, you're actually pronouncing her name so well. Oh, that's the same thing. She, she is, said. and she got it on her first try. Y'all, got, y'all are gonna make me cry. <laughs> so, Lungi, I have to admit, Lorado helped me pronounce yes. your name. Thank you again, Lorado. But Lungi, how is your day? It's a pleasure. Okay, Lee, my interview, <laughs> not yours. Bye, guys. I was, I was, you know. No worries. No worries. Because I think, Lorado, you can join us. You can stay on. You can turn your camera off, turn your mic off, whatever you like to do. No, I'll see you guys later. I'll turn off the camera. Okay. And the mic. All right. Yeah. So I can see you the set. Thank you. (laughs) See you later. See you later, guys. Thank you. I have to do that because if I don't, she will. I love her because she's like my personal cheerleader. Aww. So she will literally just cheer me up. She really is. She really is. She's the best. But every now and then I have to kind of remind her, okay, sis, turn it down a little bit. Calm, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> That's so sweet. Um, but yeah, you asked me about my day. I had, I've had a good day. Like it was very chilled. Um, nothing hectic. The weather is awful, but... I've got no complaints. The weather here is pretty dreary. It rained yesterday. I think it's raining right now. The wind is crazy. So if we get disconnected, connectors out there, just bear with us. I am so, 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 so excited. And we're just going to jump on in. And connectors, you have heard the voice of, I cannot wait, of Lungi Motong. Am I pronouncing your, your last name correctly? You're not, but that's actually a good attempt. So I'm not going to hold you. I'm, I'm not upset at all. You did very well. Okay, well, how about this? How about you introduce yourself? Okay. Uh, my name is Lungi Mutawung. But I don't expect, you know, anyone to get that right in the first try, so don't beat yourself up about it. Uh, And I'm a singer-songwriter based in Johannesburg, South Africa. I've been a singer for about seven years, like a professional singer anyway, you know, as in singing for a living, Mm -hmm. for about seven years or so. Um, I write my own music, I perform um, for corporate events, private events, all sorts of She is her own cheerleader because she is just letting you know right up, right now, letting you know who she is, what she does. And connectors, you know who I am. My name is Alexia Marche Plummer, and I am the host, the plug, of Amps Connected Podcast. Connectors, you know what to do. Sit back, relax, do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast, and let's get connected. We are connected. I am too excited because you are a singer and a songwriter, and I must say, your voice is 
Okay, I'm Whitney Houston's biggest fan. And I think you're probably like right there up under her for me. Like, I love, I am so serious. And I don't, I don't give that compliment to many people, but your voice is just so pure, so elegant. So I just, I needed to say that before we talk more about how you got into singing, because truly, truly, you have a gift. Thank you so much. Thank you so Like, I even have goosebumps because I'm just like, what? I'm shook. Whitney Houston, are you serious? I'm serious. You put me up there? I'm I'm not going to sleep tonight. Oh, come on, girl. You know what you have. And the reason why I say that, like critiquing. I, I promise you. Like just from from singer to singer, critiquing your voice, it's the pureness of it. It's the way you're able, it's like the velvetness of your voice, the way you're able to just sing them eff- the, 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 the melodies effortlessly. You don't do too much. Like sometimes singers, some singers or even some listeners believe that being a good singer means that you have to do all the runs, all the trills, you know, all the flips. But sometimes yeah. it's just easiness of it. What do they say? Sometimes less is more. This beautiful. Wow. Yeah. That, it, that means, I don't even know what to say. Like right out the gate, I'm just like speechless because I don't even hear that. That's the funny thing. Like when I hear, you know, a, a, a critique like that or a compliment like that, I just feel like, what? Are you for real? Like I've, I don't. I don't hear that in myself. And I don't know, maybe that's part of um, the magic, I guess, the mm-hmm. fact that I don't even know what it sounds like mm-hmm. to other people. But I mean, that means so much to me. Thank you. You just mm-hmm. make my entire day. I mean, my pleasure. Um, let's just get into it then. How did you become a singer? Or we can start all the way from the beginning. What, what is life like growing up in South Africa? Better yet, let me, sim- you, and I had to do a little a geography lesson and you are from Johannesburg, South Africa. Johannesburg is the city yes. in South Africa, yes. but there are usually what municipalities. So like Soweto is a city within Johannesburg. Um, not quite so it was more like a city within so Gauteng is a province okay um so I don't I I won't go as far as calling it like equating it to states in America but something kind of close to that so Joburg is now the main city in Gauteng and Soweto is another city just outside of Joburg hmm okay does that make sense yes okay that makes sense that makes sense. It's actually very weird. It's it's strange. Even as South Africans, some people have been trying to get Soweto um, to be declared like, you know, its own proper city. So that's an ongoing thing. We haven't all uh, reached the consensus as South Africans in terms of where exactly do we place Soweto. So you're not entirely wrong. Okay. Um, it's very confusing even for people living here. So don't worry about it. <laughs> I always tell other artists um, from other countries, it's 
at least for me as an American, like you said, like America, we are country and we are divided into states, right? And you can just come here, come mm. to Indiana, New York, boom, that's it, you know? But in other countries, yes. you know, it's different because one, we're going to Africa, which is a continent. Then we're going to South Africa, which is a country johannes yes johannesburg is the city but i would i would think that johannesburg is the state i don't i don't know or at least i would think south africa is a state in africa okay it's yeah it's it's i get what you mean like i I can understand why you would think that especially because when a lot of people think of south africa the, the they immediately go to joburg Mm-hmm. You know, like that's mm-hmm. their next thought, mm-hmm. South Africa and Joburg. But for us living here, it's like, it's so big. There's provinces and then there's at least three main cities. There's Durban, there's Pretoria, there's Cape Town, you see. So mm-hmm. it's not, I think it's trickier also to explain it to an American just because of the way America is set up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Like it makes sense to me. Like I'll say, oh, I'm going to... New Jersey, I know, okay, this is like a separate place. Indiana is its own state, you know, but Africa is very different. Yeah. Very different. I, okay, I'm just letting you know, I cannot wait to visit South Africa. I, Johannesburg, I cannot wait because I've been to Nigeria, but I've never been down south. And I really want to do like a whole tour of all of Africa. I definitely can't wait to visit down south. I think you should. I really think you should. Not just South Africa. I think you love South Africa, but I do think you should travel the rest of Africa as well. I, I will. So tell me, what was life like growing up? So you were right. I grew up in Soweto. I'm the eldest of two girls. So I kind of became a deputy parent very early on in my life. I ha- but I don't say this in a bad way. I love my sister to death. Mm-hmm. And I love, I feel like she's my first child almost because Aww. like I, I, I had an immediate friend. I had someone to care for. I had someone who I could play with, someone who looked up to me from, you know, basically their first day on this earth. Mm-hmm. So my sister and I have been friends for just, ever you know so every time I think of my childhood and growing up I just always see her Mm -hmm. you know I see myself my sister and my mom because unfortunately my father passed away when I was just four years old Mm. so it was like just the three of us for the longest time and we had to it was tough it was tough but we had to learn how to support each other be each other's friends be each other's confidant we fought a lot but still <laughs> there was nowhere to go because it's like I only have one sibling so I need to like you you know whether I want to or not because you're all I've got basically yeah. so I mean that pretty much was most of my childhood I used to love reading I used to love going to school I was a very boring kid <laughs> in that I hardly ever got into trouble because all I did was read my books and watch TV. Literally, that's it. <laughs> that is entirely it. But then how I ended up getting into becoming an entertainer, like now, mm-hmm. I started doing commercials. My mom would take me to um, 
auditions and I'd do little print commercials, adverts here and there. And I discovered, oh, wait, I actually like this thing. Mm -hmm. And it looks like I'm good at it as well because like I keep getting called, you know. So that sparked my interest into, you know, becoming an entertainer or at least finding out what's in the entertainment world. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm trying to sum up an entire life into like a couple of minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know that I'm doing such a good job, no, you're but I, honest, I enjoyed my childhood a lot. Yeah. I have zero complaints about it. Yeah. I had fun. It seems like it. And it seems like, having your mom and your sister being your cheerleaders really helped you become the person you are today. And honestly, I'm so happy that they did push you because sometimes like, sometimes our families have this notion where no, you must work, you must work a nine to five, have your children, you know, and that's it. You don't necessarily go after the unordinary, you know? Yes. It, it sounds like they really pushed you to become the extraordinary. I think they did. Like my mom in particular, which is not very um, common, especially in Africa, I believe. But my mom always had this, even growing up, excuse me, she used to say to us, if you guys want to sell socks, I'm behind you. Just like make a plan do something like just show me you're serious and I will support you all the way. Mm -hmm. She actually used to say to us, I never want you guys to work an office job. Like Mm -hmm. I never want you to walk into an office. And I didn't realize how much I internalized it until I became older Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here now and I've literally never worked for anyone in my life. Wow. But I never made the conscious decision to say, Oh, I'm always going to be self-employed or I'm going to become an artist or whatever. But I guess, those seeds that she dropped in my head when I was growing up, mm-hmm. they stayed. And that helped me a lot because I cannot imagine how difficult it would be to be in this industry without having family support, mm-hmm. like constantly having to go home and convince them that this is a good idea. Yeah. And, con- you know, I, 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 that's not my story. That mm-hmm. hasn't been my story. And I'm super, super grateful for that. Yes. I'm grateful for that for you because exactly what you said so many people just they support you but they don't you know like your family can want you to become on the cover of every magazine out there but if they aren't really showing you that hey that yes girl I believe that you can sometimes like we can intern as as an artist I know that I can internalize that sometimes where I don't necessarily get the accolades that I think I deserve, Mm. but, Mm. you know, having a family that's like, no girl, you are doing the thing that you are supposed to be doing. And here's the result. Here's my proof that you are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm, I'm excited and happy for you. You have never worked an office job, girlfriend. Never. As in not one time. Wow. So so what other jobs have you had? I when I finished high school, I had a little bit of a I wanna call it a quarter life crisis, but or like a meltdown where I just didn't know what to do. So I started making pause. Did you say high school? Yes. 
Okay. I'm going all the way back to high school so that I can, you know, I'm trying to trace, okay, what did I do after high school? And then I went there and then I went, you know. But I'm just stuck on quarter life crisis in high school. In high school. <laughs> yeah. I did. Actually, funny enough, like you saying that, I'm, I remember now when I was young, I think I started having signs of depression mm. when I was around like, 10 or 11 so that's very 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 young mm -hmm. well in my opinion because i'd never mm -hmm. seen a, a 10 year old who had depression i didn't even know what depression was right i just knew that okay i'm not okay or like i don't feel fine mm -hmm. that's all that i knew but now that i'm older and i'm looking back i realize oh hang on i was actually depressed yeah that's what that was so it wasn't um, me having that meltdown when I finished high school. And I, I was only 16 when I finished high school to top everything on. So like for me, it was like being thrown into the world. You didn't know where do I go? Where do I want to come? Who am I in the end of the world? So it made sense. Like, but um, yeah, man. It sounds crazy saying I had a mountain at 16. But um, what I did with all of that energy, channeled it into learning how to beads. Mm -hmm. So I went to like a, I went to a short course to learn how to make beads, make necklaces and all of that stuff. Then I decided, okay, I'm going to start my own business. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm just going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I started selling beads. I'd sell them to my mom's friends, um, people at church. After a while, I thought, okay, let me take this to companies. Like maybe somebody would buy. So I literally would go to like banks. Um, if I knew one person working there, I'd go and give them the stuff. And I'm like, okay, just help me find people who might buy this. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started getting like that, that bug of like, oh, it's possible for me to make money for myself. You know, I started seeing that. I'm like, okay, this is cool. But then I started having eyesight problems and I thought, okay, let's forget about the beads. <sighs> I jumped into making cakes a few years later on. Wait, before you, baking cupcakes wait, wait, wait. And before you jump into the cakes, <laughs> please tell, I need um, some waist beads. I would love some waist beads. So I need to get with you so I can buy some. So please tell me you still make beads. I do not, but I can, like, I'll make something especially for you. Oh, I still have the skill, but I just prefer not to. <laughs> I know it, it's actually very taxing on your eyesight. So after a while, I, I struggled to see. So I just thought, mm, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. But I'll make something especially for you. Oh, that would be sweet. But I mean, I don't want, I, I prefer you to have like, okay, eyesight. And I don't want to harm you in any way so <laughs> it's not necessary but now you're on to baking cakes yeah i moved on to baking cakes i must have been around 19 or 20 then mm -hmm. i started baking cakes um i never went to school for that i just learned learned um learned that from my mother so i just piggybacked off of his skill and was like okay let me see what i can do with this and it just kind of took off and became its own thing. So now people knew me as like, oh, Lungi, the girl who baked. <laughs> I did that for a while. I kind of got bored and I was like, mm, okay, like I need to do something else now. Mm -hmm. And 
I became an artist. <laughs> just like that. I really, like I'm not a baker. I'm not really a sweets eater. I prefer cakes that are moist. Have you ever heard of a berry chantilly cake? I have, but I've never had one. Oh, so it's like light. It's not too sweet. There's fruit in it, but it's not yes. cooked. I agree with the lightness. Like I've seen um, recipes of it and it often looks kind of fluffy mm-hmm. and very light. That's probably my flavor profile when it comes to sweets and things. My mom, she does make a chocolate cake with cream cheese icing. That's probably my other favorite sweet cake. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, right? And then my office mate or my manager, she makes cookies. And they aren't like too, too sweet, but they are chocolate chip cookies. And for me, chocolate chip cookies, I just need like one little dot of chocolate. And then that's perfect for me. I get you. I don't know. Like if, if I ever lived with you, I, all the sugar that you don't want to eat would just end up in my body because <laughs> I have zero restraints, like none whatsoever. I see sugar and I have to eat it. Like, it's not even a matter of me thinking about it. If I see it, I have to eat it. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you can see how the baking business didn't go so well because half the time I wanted to eat the stuff instead of make it and give it to customers. So it was just, I needed to stop for my health. That's funny. <laughs> but I thank you for stopping, stopping because you are a singer now. And you said you, you just fell into singing? I literally did. I honestly did. Um, it's a bit of a long story in terms of how it ended up happening. So um, the church that I was going to at the time, um, some two guys start with starting like a little band. They wanted to, I actually don't really know what they want. I feel like they just wanted to start a group so they could channel all their energies for, you know, all the other music that they had and they wanted to put together. So they're like, listen, this is going to be fun come let's have fun and sing and see where this goes i was like oh well i mean i'm not doing anything so cool and i had just dropped out of university so i literally wasn't doing anything at all i went to a couple of rehearsals we had one show and after that all of us were kind of like oh this was fun i feel like we should make this official and i was like oh i'm i'm in i literally am in and that is how it started Wow. Wow. I asked Lorado earlier if she was a singer. She said, not really, but that singing runs in the family though. Who else in your family sings? Um, Lorato does sing. Um, I've heard that my father was also a very good singer. Mm. Um, and all of his sisters are really good singers as well. So all of my aunts from my dad's side mm-hmm. are great singers. Uh, I'm not so sure if my grandmother used to sing or what, but I hear also my grandfather was a great singer as well on my dad's side. So I think it's safe to say the singing gift comes from my dad's side. That's, you know, we, we relate on that because my dad, his mom, she's a singer and oh, look, oh, wow. looks like someone else 
is coming in, hopefully. I don't know who this is. Um, but yeah, my my dad's mom is a singer. And I believe like I got, I definitely got my singing from that side of the family. And I think this is also a singer who joined us. Um, we're just gonna let her oh. get on in. That's why Lorado, please come back on if you'd like. Let's see. Can you hear SMA is what I see. Oh no, they left. So back to just us. <laughs> back to just us. Um, now that just, that made me lose my train of thought. Um, oh my, yeah. So my grandma, she's a singer. You were saying that you mm. And my aunts on my dad's side as well, they can, they can hold a note. So let's now talk about you singing in Johannesburg. What is one of, if I want to go here, because I really do plan on visiting, what would be one of the best places to visit and the place that you want me to hear you sing? In Joburg or in just South Africa? Um, let's do both. Why not? Okay. I think if you were visiting South Africa only, like say you only had a couple of days and you could go to only one city in South Africa, mm -hmm. I would take you to Cape Town. I'd say go to Cape Town. Okay. Because it's very, I think the Cape Town has a very rich artistic scene in the sense that they have such a, um, so they, they celebrate music, they celebrate dance, they celebrate visual arts. Mm. Um, you know, just all forms of art in Cape Town are celebrated and loved. A lot of great South African singers actually come from Cape Town. So I think if you, you know, for that experience, I'd definitely say to you, Lexi, let's go to Cape Town. But oh. if you're coming to Joburg, hmm, where would I say? I want to say the orbit, but I heard that they they closed down recently. Okay, but let's just say the orbit, the orbit. because it's going to give you a taste of like South African jazz music, um, you know, like traditional jazz, also modern jazz. And you also get a taste of what like the young people are listening to. So I'd say the orbit in Joburg. Okay. Um, I was actually, again, doing a little research on Johannesburg and I came across the music Koito, Koito music. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, it said that it was like a African house or South African house music. I don't know if the ever South African would, would equate Koito and house music, but I think to a person who isn't South African when you hear it, because it's dance music. So I think sometimes people just put all dance music under the umbrella of house, even though it isn't necessarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get that. Cause like when so, I think- Yeah. Oh, go, no, go ahead, I cut you off. Okay, so um, in, in my opinion, I think Kwaito is more of a mix between like funk music, a little bit of house and like the African version of old school hip hop. 
Like if okay. you took those three genres and you just put it together, that is what I would I would um, say Kwaito is as a genre. Okay. That sounds that sounds like something I'm gonna go listen to today. Uh-huh. <laughs> um and <laughs> I'm glad. And yeah, definitely when I come, we're going to the orbit. And hopefully you'll be singing there too yes. when I come. Yes. That also Yes, I will make I will make all the arrangements that I need to make. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we're having like a bit of lag between the audios, but so I keep cutting you off. And you keep saying such good stuff. So my bad. It actually reminds me. The weather is bad here as well. So it's raining and the thunders. I'm trying to give us time so I won't talk over you. I remember the earliest memory I have of South African music was from Miriam Makeba. And it was from seeing her on Sesame Street. And what I remember, or was it um, Sesame, not Sesame Street, it was the Cosby show. And the Cosby show. Yes. And she sang the clicking song. Or she's, this, the clicking song is her song. And what I was just blown away by was the clicking and how language is so interesting. So tell me, how to pronounce the X in Shosha or in... Oh, <laughs> that was so cute. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. It's Kosa. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, don't worry. <laughs> I, and I feel like I'm blushing it's now. It's all right. And that, don't feel bad. Many Afri- many other Africans can't get it right as well. Wow. What language do you, or what languages do you speak? Um, my home language is Sisutu, but I also speak Zulu. I speak Kosa um, English, obviously. And I mean, most South Africans speak a little bit of everything, but those four are the ones that I can speak fluently. Lungi. Honestly, there's nothing that you cannot do. Language to me is, <laughs> to me, it tells me how intelligent people are as a whole, the way that you can learn so many different languages. And the fact that you already said it, you were a baker, you were a beater, you could do anything that you want. But I think you being able to be so diverse, even in your language, shows the depth of you, who you are. I'm appreciative of you, of this connection that we're having. I just had to, I had to throw that in there right then. I'm overwhelmed right now. For real? I am, because the world is so big. And as an American, sometimes we can get caught up in what we are going through and our first world Mm. problems. And we can forget that there are people on the other side of the world who live maybe um, what we would consider normal, but your life is so drastically different from mine. 
And it shows even in your language, yeah. you know, like I'm only fluent. I really only know one language and that's English. I don't have to know another language because everyone around me, we speak the same language. And mm. I just appreciate here on my platform, someone who can show again, such depth and show that, yo, people around the world are amazing. And we shouldn't just have this, this low perception or even narrow mindedness of sometimes as Americans can have of other countries. So I, I just, mm. I, I think that's the reason why I'm overwhelmed with emotion, just having this conversation with you. Um, <laughs> my bad. I can actually relate. I can relate to you saying that, especially as a South African, because um, South Africans also tend to have a very, we generally have kind of a bad reputation amongst our fellow Africans for being very um, close-minded. So um, when you say that, like from an American perspective, there's almost no judgment from me because I know that as a South African, I've, like, I've had to train myself to not be narrow-minded, particularly about my neighboring African countries. Mm -hmm. Because the way South Africans are set up, it's kind of like everything that we need is here. We just need to understand ourselves. If we want something from anywhere else, we can just buy it and have it brought here. We don't need to go out into the, we don't even want to see what the world is doing. Like a lot of South Africans are just kind of wrapped up in their own, oh, this is my South Africa and that's all that I want to know. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I, I think I pass less judgment to Americans and I know the world sometimes says, oh, Americans are so ignorant and blah, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. I understand it more from the South African perspective because I know that at some point in my life, I was also guilty of that to just my neighbor, my fellow Africans. I didn't mm -hmm. even, I couldn't point to Cameroon on the map until mm -hmm. I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, there's no judgment from me at all. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it too, Lungi. And I'm say I have to say it right here on my platform where <clears throat> we're talking about having similar experiences. You brought tears to my eyes. It was after George Floyd's death. And that weekend was just it was an emotional weekend for me because it really felt like everyone, everyone around the world felt his death. And I remember you, you text yeah. me and you were reaching out, seeing how I was doing. And what blew my mind, what made me so emotional about that was because knowing that South Africa is a place where y'all experience just as much, if not more, violence due to being black. I remember Trevor Noah talking about the social injustice that happens in South Africa. And for you to reach out to me, that told me a lot that yes, the world has was shaken by this man's death. And so 
I'm wondering your experience as a Black woman in South Africa. You have broken so many stereotypes. I definitely have experienced um, some form of discrimination. Actually, it's not even just me. Like, I think a lot of Black South Africans have. And the, the, the thing that, hurt, that breaks me as a Black African woman is the fact that this level of segregation, this level of just disregard for human life, like people had the nerve to do it in Africa. Mm-hmm. Do you get like, mm-hmm. like that still blows my mind that like, how did you leave Europe, come to where black people come from and then make us feel like we are less than mm-hmm. in the land that belongs to us. Yes. I, I, I still haven't been able to draw like, a, 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 you know, to be able to say, oh, this and this is how they did. It blows my mind till today. And I mean, it's 26 years after democracy, mm-hmm. but there's still racism is alive and kicking in South Africa. That's mu- that much I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Racism is definitely alive and kicking and it's institutionalized and baked into the banking system, the housing system, mm-hmm. the schooling system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the legacy of 400 years can never be wiped away by 26 years. It simply cannot. No. So, no. I mean, oh, I could tell you examples of, I remember one time when I was young, we were shooting um, an advert for Arrive Alive. And there was this one like really big Africana man I think the, the, so the production company had rented his house as a set for one of the scenes of the advert. Um, so during our lunch break, you know, there's usually catering when you're doing shoots. Mm-hmm. I went to go and dish up some food and this big fat old man literally looked down at me. I must've been six or seven years old. And he called me the K word. So the K-word is basically the equivalent of the Mm N-word, essentially. Mm -hmm. And he called me a seven-year-old child who was just trying to get food. I was actually on the job. I was literally the main person, you know, like I was the main act of this um, particular thing. And he called me, like, I think for the first time as a child, like it hit me that, oh, this isn't over, this is real. And what do I do to this old person? Like, I can't swear at you. Mm. I was just in complete shock, (laughs) you know? I was in complete shock. But in the same breath, having said everything that I've said, I wanna be, I wanna be hopeful because Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to think that when I have kids, they'll grow up in the same society that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that there are good people out there. There are people who are willing to change. And if they aren't willing to change, we are going to change. The world is going to change. And they won't have room to be that way anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to believe that because if I don't, I'm just going to lose my mind. Yes, I totally get that. And it's no wonder 
you were in high school having a, a mental breakdown or life crisis because you experienced such hatred at such a young age, just doing what you were born to do. You were born to be a star. You were born to, as you- Just being alive. You were born to help change this world for the better. I know that. Just from your spirit, just from, again, you reaching out to me, it brought tears to my eyes. So knowing that there are people down in South Africa, we have that same spirit. I think you are the, the type of person who will do all that you can to ensure that there is some justice for everyone in any way that you can do it. I think, you know, that's the least, I think that's the least that we could expect. Like that's the least that any decent human being can do. Mm-hmm. I don't when I like I don't believe that all of us should go out there and strive to be the next Nelson Mandela or Mahatma Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Or we shouldn't even strive to be perfect. I'm not always gonna get things right. Right. But if you do what you can with what you have where mm-hmm. you are, I think that's enough. Could you imagine if everyone in the world did one thing that was in line with Um, respecting someone else's human rights or you know like if all of us went out tomorrow and we did that Mm -hmm. wouldn't the world already be like a better place not a perfect but yes a much much better place much better place exactly we we're now in the time of covid and you were saying doing just a little bit more just whatever it is to help somebody else in covid we we have to wear a mask right And it's just a little something. We don't want to wear them. I forget to wear my mask all the time, but I always have to turn right back around. (laughs) What's what's it been like in in Johannesburg? You know, for the most part, a lot of people have just stuck to the rules, especially when it comes to something like a mask. I mean, we know, like it's been made clear, you can't go to the shop, you know, just wear your mask. So I think most South Africans have just kind of gotten to the place where we're like, okay, this is the least we can do. We absolutely will put on our mask. At least I'm doing that. I And the people in my circle are. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone personally who has been stupid enough to decide not to put on their mask. I don't know. I like, And I, I really wouldn't want to socialize with that kind of person because how ridiculous can you get as a human being? It's just a mask. Nobody wants to do this. No, none of us. And the sooner we can get rid of it, the sooner we can go back to living our normal lives. Right. So don't be weird. Just put on your mask. Let's just move on. Please. Because our hospitals are overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. I, I saw, I read something that said that Johannesburg has actually the largest hospital. And okay, so here in America... Um, The smallest hospitals are fewer than 100 beds. Medium hospitals are 100 to 499 beds. Large hospitals are 500 and more beds. We are maxing out Mm -hmm. of hospitals here, right? Well, in South Africa, the largest hospital has 2,964 beds. That's a lot of beds. That's a lot. And 
I'm just like, I hope that we don't have to get to a place where we have to build, you know, these huge hospitals because people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And just put your mask on. No, Mm. you know, we, again, do not want to wear them. But I think that's the least that we can do. I agree. I agree. But the, the, you know, there's two sides to the coin, like in terms of democracy, in the sense that I think for me, I feel like democracy is 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 a, an institution, for lack of a better word, that is supposed to allow everyone to voice their opinions. So I think what we are experiencing with some of the people who don't want to just follow simple rules of wearing masks and blah, blah, blah. It is people kind of saying, this is my right or what? Not my right particularly, but like, you know, they are showing the world who they are. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that it does affect everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's what you have to take. Like you literally have to take the good with the bad. True. So true. I wish everyone would, I wish everyone would just say, guys, let's come together, put on our masks, do the right thing Mm -hmm. so we can get rid of this. But you'll never get that. People are just not like that. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. Not at all. Not at all. Let's do something a little fun, okay? You will have an imaginary ticket. You can go anywhere in the world. I know I would love to go somewhere without COVID or at least where people would wear their mask. You can go anywhere in the world, including outer space. I will give you some time and I'll let you know where I'll go. But where will you go? Who will you bring with you or who will you visit and why? While you think about that, I will tell you that if I had a ticket, I would actually come visit you. I would come to Johannesburg. I would come visit you, but I would also go to visit the Nelson Mandela Museum. And particularly because I think of him as all of the inspiration embodied in one, almost embodied in one person. I can't give him all the credit, but he is someone I look up to for inspiration to remain on this journey, um, fighting for my people. And I'm going to read here. It says on um, his website, he is known and loved around the world for his commitment to peace, negotiation, and reconciliation. Nelson Della Roli Lahla. I know I'm butchering that. I'm sorry. Close enough. (laughs) Nelson Mandela was South Africa's first democratically elected president, 1994 through 99. Mandela was an anti-apartheid revolutionary and political leader, as well as a philanthropist with an abiding love for children. Mandela was born into the royal family on July 18th, 1918, and passed away on December 5th, 2013. So I would definitely go pay my respects to him because I relate with him so much, so much, so much, especially on being a revolutionary, being a philanthropist, and having a deep love for children. So with all of that, Lungi, where would you visit if you had a magical golden ticket? Um, hmm. 
I feel like I would, oh, this is so difficult because my brain is such a busy place. Like I'm already, I'm trying to narrow things down to just one. Like I can think of five places that I really want to go to. Um, but I would go to Rwanda. Like right now, mm-hmm. I really want to go to Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading um, a lot of nice articles just about their president, just about the society that they're trying to build. And I feel like it is so beautiful to see an African country kind of um, just building itself, not asking for help from anybody and just saying, you know what, like Africans, we really can do this. We actually should be doing this. Mm -hmm. So when I look at Rwanda and, you know, I read the articles about the people, I read the articles about the president, um, their constitution. This is a country that just like came out of war just Mm -hmm. a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I can see them rebuilding themselves and into such a beautiful nation. And I feel that is so inspiring. And I wish, I wish, I always put on my, on my, on my Facebook status that like, I really wish as African young people, we could just unite Mm -hmm. and build the Africa that we want to see for ourselves. It breaks my heart that 2020 so many african countries are still battling this like things as simple as just water mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. it's 2020 we shouldn't be having this discussion that's the basic it's it's the basic of what the average human being needs to survive every human being should be able to have water mm-hmm. but we have such crap leaders that we just allowed to run our nations into the ground. Mm -hmm. And here we are in 2020 and we are 30, 40, 50 years behind the world. Mm -hmm. And yet there's so many talented young African people. Mm -hmm. So many, like so many that I can think of just at the top of my head. I see so many young people at the robots who are great singers, great artists, great storytellers young African kids who are great at math, but who's going to train that child? Mm-hmm. Because the mom is busy trying to put food on the table. Yes. You know, so it breaks my heart. It really does. I feel like I'm a pan-Africanist at heart. Mm-hmm. I believe in the beauty of Africa. Mm-hmm. I feel like Africa is just, it's rich in culture, it in is. people, in wealth. And we are just, unfortunately, uh, what we have is just not being used the right way. I don't necessarily want to be a politician. I don't think I have the heart for that. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you know, I, do, I just don't have the heart for that. Yeah. But I would want to see Africa in, in a much better state. And I think Rwanda is going in the direction that I would like every African country to go in. Yeah, I'm going to have to do my research then. I would love to visit Rwanda, but I am not f- familiar with with what they're doing now. And as you said, I believe Africa, if I could be pan-African, huh, maybe I can be. I don't know. As I don't even want to be African-American because it sounds, <clears throat> it may sound strange to you. I hate it. I hate the term because if you were to move to, I can't even use you because you are black. I grew up in Louisiana, 
um, I, mm. you should do your research on Louisiana, but I had a South African, oh. a white South African classmate. And I can't remember what grade I'll say about fifth grade. He came to my school and it blew my mind even then that once he became an American citizen, that he would be African-American and he was white. So, <laughs> you know, like, so then I get that. identifying as African-American by my, because of my skin tone doesn't sit right with me. I'm not saying that I don't want to identify as African, but why can't I just be American? Why can't I know my history and be even a black American? Why do, why do, why do you have to assume that even my heritage, well, that, no, you should assume that I, I came from Africa because what I also learned about Johannesburg was that it's known for being the cradle of humanity. This is yes. most likely where humanity- The oldest human fossils were found here. Exactly. Exactly. So as you were saying earlier, how can the white man just come on in and take over? You don't belong here. You can come here, but you can't take over here. You know what? I mean, I understand you saying that you don't want to, you don't necessarily want to identify as African-American. And what you say is true because like, even when I see a white South African, for me, it's like, they're South African like me. I don't take their the Africanity, the, the fact that they're African, I cannot take that away from them. I see them as Africans as well. Mm -hmm. So I get what you were saying uh, when you say that. But like, I think the bigger discussion here is when someone strips you of your identity or like strips a people of their identity, what they cause is now... I don't want to say confusion, but like in the sense that things are not clear anymore because there are so many options. Like I've spoken to some, um, I don't know if I say black Americans now, who, who say they want to identify as Africa because they feel like they're in touch with their roots. Mm -hmm. And I get that argument. And I still get your argument of saying, but then if a white South African comes to America, they're also an African American, but I don't look anything like them. So how do you take that and you equate that to my race? So I think it's, it's, it's hard, it's confusing. It's the same even for colored people in South Africa. I don't know if you, I know in America when you say colored, it means black, but here it literally means people who are mixed race. Wow. So I'm, I have a lot of colored friends, it really does. So I have a lot of colored friends who some of them choose to identify as black and they will punch you in the mouth if you ever say you are colored or you are mixed race. Mm -hmm. And I know other colored people who say, no, I don't identify as black at all. Call me colored or call me, you know, like don't ever call me black because I don't identify like that. Wow. And that's what happens when you strip people of their identity is that you have so many different options and none of them is entirely wrong. So you can never put anyone in a box, I, I feel. It's, this, is, this conversation is still blowing my mind because you just said colored. And here in America, if 
You call me colored? Excuse me. That's almost like right up under the N-word. Like, don't call me colored. But um, if sometimes older, older white people, you still use the term colored. But here, no, that's definitely almost a slur. Mm. So it's interesting to hear that people wow. in, yeah, people in South Africa. So w- what, are, what are the ethnicities um, one can choose from? Like on our applications, you can be African-American, Caucasian, or I guess now they are saying Black slash African-American, Caucasian, Islander, uh, some other stuff. How about, cause you said colored, um what else what other races can you choose yeah so obviously here it's black and white there's indian and then there's colored wow so those are the main four but you know under the colored umbrella for the longest time anyone who was mixed race would just kind of get thrown in there Huh. So if you were like half Indian, half white, it would just be like, okay, you are colored. If you're half black, half white, okay, you are also colored. Do you see how it's not fair? Because, I mean, like I'm almost, I I almost get it because they are putting a a new umbrella to say, okay, identify as this. Mm -hmm. But then if I'm a colored person and you want me to say I'm only black, what about my white side? Like, should I just forget about everything? This, I love this conversation so much. Like, and I wonder when our politicians sit down or whoever it is, our administrators, when they sit down to have these types of conversations, what's going through their minds? And is it even... Is it even necessary to categorize people as such? Why can't you just be South African? I don't, you know, uh, I don't, it's, 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 I think the world is going to change once the people at the ground, who are the actual people who have the power, mm-hmm. once we decide that we actually don't want to live with this anymore, once we decide that we actually, if we decide as people that, we don't like the idea of race affecting every part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody can force that down our throats. But because we are still fighting each other about like the other things, we have we can't even come to a consensus about the real things that affect us. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand why it is that I need to tick black if I'm applying for a home loan. This shouldn't <laughs> matter. Just look at the money that I have exactly. and give me the loan. But you still make me tick that because somebody somewhere has decided that this is important. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so ridiculous. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's one of those conversations that will just keep evolving as people grow and as society changes, the ideas are also going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm proud to be part of this kind of generation where I feel like we've shaken the world a little bit. We get a, like, we get a bad reputation as millennials, mm-hmm. but I really think that we've, we've made people kind of stop and think 
you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things that were like, that would just fly before. Now you have to kind of stop and be like, can I just use the N word? You know, like we've made people stop and really think. So I hope, I hope the world will change. I don't know. I hope it will. <laughs> it definitely will. It definitely will, especially having people again, like yourself, like myself, who is determined to do the work. That kind of brings me to another another question about the crime rate in South Africa. I <clears throat> I did again some research and just hearing I actually have a few friends in Durban. I love how y'all say the word Durban. Durban and <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I I realized that we too in America, I think we are still similar with the crime rate. And I just thought it was interesting that it says here, while Johannesburg has the reputation of being one of the most dangerous cities in the world, it takes an average of only 60 seconds for police to respond to a crime scene in the CBD. There is CCTV system on that covers every street corner or scanning vehicles, license plates. And I thought that was interesting because I would be like almost terrified to not necessarily be a criminal, but just to be a citizen, just knowing that people are watching me everywhere I go. And I was wondering like, is that true that in Johannesburg, like there are a bunch of cameras everywhere? Man, I mean, it's true in the sense that the cameras are there. It's so funny, like, hearing how my country looks to someone on the outside. It's interesting. So I'm I'm actually enjoying this part of the conversation a whole lot. Mm -hmm. The cameras are there. uh, But, I mean, so is the crime. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to say, I don't know. I feel like sometimes, you know, media... And, you know, all these news articles, they make things seem like so much worse. And I could just only be saying that because I live here, so I might be somewhat desensitized to it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Joburg is definitely not the city that you walk in, you know, without a care in the world, like, you know, flashing your stuff. You definitely don't do that in Joburg. That goes without saying. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't. I don't think it's that bad. However, I will admit there is a huge chance that I'm being biased mm-hmm. <laughs> because I live here. So, I, like, I, there is a very good chance. I I think that's, as you said, you may be desensitized, but... When you're from somewhere, you know your people, you know how your people move and groove. So I would I would definitely feel more mm-hmm. comfortable going to visit Johannesburg or really any country with someone who's from there, just because with somebody from mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's gonna help me. No, that makes that make sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, That helps us segue into a few questions from Connectors. Connectors, if you have questions for any guest artists, 
Coming up, or if you have a question for me, you can email me info.ampsconnected at gmail.com. So I only have two questions here for you, Lungi. One, besides the okay. Nelson Mandela Museum, hey girl, what are the other must-see places in Johannesburg? Hmm. I would definitely say see Sophia Town. There's like, I, there's a, a small museum in Sophia Town. Sophia Town was actually a very, very big deal. And I'm so disappointed with what our, you know, our arts and culture done or like what they haven't done with it. Because when you talk about jazz, South, like the big giants, they either come from there or they've performed there and they've built their place into what it is mm. so firetown was a vibe it was like a musical hub and artistic like it it's just where arts used to live mm -hmm. and unfortunately i i personally don't feel like it's been preserved as well as it could have been but mm -hmm. for anyone who loves music so firetown is definitely definitely a place to go to um i'd also say visit some of our national parks in joburg um, we've got so much wildlife. South Africa is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like it is absolutely beautiful. If you are the kind of person who loves nature and, you know, being one with nature, then visit our national parks, like the, um, Walter Sisulu Gardens. Um, the, um, I, I forgot what the, the Johannesburg Botanical Gardens, I think as well. Yeah, so I'd say those top three places. But then again, I'm a very chilled person, so I'll suggest chilled places for you to visit. If you want to turn up, uh -huh. I'll find people who can help you turn up. <laughs> because I wouldn't know. I could definitely appreciate both a turn up and a chill down. And definitely, I have to go on a safari. That's, that seems like... Yes, yes. So amazing. So have you, I mean, this may be a dumb question, but have you been on a safari? I have been. And that's not a dumb question at all, because the average South African probably has not been. Because mm -hmm. it's not, like, I don't think for us it's a big thing. It kind of just feels like I'll always be able to see the big five. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem because, you know, we live, you always kind of take something for granted when you know that you can always do it. Yeah. I don't know if that's making sense. No, so the, Most people haven't been on a game drive, but it is absolutely beautiful. Yes, I think you should go and do it. Oh, I can. I'm realizing now, I'm realizing now as I say this to you, that a lot of people, when they think of coming to Africa, like a game drive is a must do. Mm-hmm. But for Africans who are here, it really is, it's not, it's not the best thing that we want to do if we're going, like we want to experience, we, we won't be like, oh, let's do a game drive. Mm -hmm. So would you call it, so the, the audio is just crazy. Sorry, the audio was breaking up just a bit, but did you say Sophia was the venue that I should visit? Oh yes, yeah, Sophia Town. Sophia, Sophia Town. Town, okay. So like, I want the authentic experience. I don't want to go to, of course I would love it, but I would not want to go to a resort. 
I want to be with the people eating the street food, going to the places where you would want to go. And yes, obviously I'll do some things like the safari. I would mm-hmm. enjoy that so much more. Yeah, most devs if I time would do one of those places. Um, when you're at the Nelson Mandela Museum, you're already in Soweto. Mm-hmm. So if you are in Soweto, it's like you are in, you are one with the people. Like just have one, a couple of days in Soweto. And by the time you leave here, you'll be a South African as well. Okay. Okay. So I didn't ask you this earlier and forgive me because normally it is a question I ask up front. I'm a foodie. Like I can eat all of the food, just put it in my, in my face and I'll eat it. So what's one of your favorite dishes from South Africa? Oh, we have something called Sam. So essentially it's like dried um, mealy, Mealy is corn. So it's like dried up corn, but the kernels, and then they kind of process them such that the skin is removed, but not completely. And then you boil that and it becomes kind of like um like a porridge sort of, but it's very crunchy still. It's got texture, not crunchy, but it's got texture. So I love Sam and oxtail. That's like my favorite meal Ugh, ever. Ooh. So that ever, yeah. I also, have you ever had tripe, Lexi? Wait, have I ever had what tripe? Oh, I don't like tripe. That I know I just said I'll eat everything, but there's a few things I don't like tripe, I don't like chitterlings, I don't like intestine. Yeah, I don't that I don't like that. It's the, the tripe, it's the texture for me. All that weird, okay. Yeah, but the oxtail—that's my favorite thing about it. It tastes like a blanket, like it feels like a blanket. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Uh-uh. Too much carpetness on my tongue. No thanks. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those people who will try it. Like I will try anything, literally. Mm-hmm. Like. I will go to a place and even if you tell me, Lungi, this is a soup made from boiled toenails and the jam of like a pig or whatever, I will try it at least once. I, I promise. <laughs> I actually feel like I should end, you know, competitions like X Factor or what the fear factor, I think mm-hmm. I would do very well in a competition like that. <laughs> I, I appreciate food. I really do. But just don't tell me that it's toenails and pig jam. I'll eat the, <laughs> I will eat the pig foot, the pig knuckle, the pig lip. But uh-uh, don't, just don't tell me if it's the jam because I wouldn't. Mm-mm, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but the samp. I think I, I pronounced no, it correctly. I guess, I guess. Yes. But when you girl. come to SA. Mm, mm, mm. Because oxtail. Mm-hmm. When you come to South Africa, I'll definitely make you try it. Please, because I love, so grits, again, I'm from the South. So we do grits and grits is, I guess, like it's cornmeal. 
I would love to have grits and oxtail. So when I come to South Africa, I'm having samp, definitely. Yes, I think you're going to enjoy it. I think grits are like what we would call pub, but I've also never had grits, so let me not equate them directly, but it is cornmeal as well. So I think the textures might be very similar. Okay. Well, that's on the menu. Okay, I got one more question for you, Lungi. Tonight, All right. tonight is the versus between Ashanti and Keisha Cole. First of all, have you been listening to any of the verses? Um, I, I, I didn't listen completely, but um, I'm trying to, was it Patti LaBelle? Yes, is it and her? Gladys Knight. Or somebody in her Yes, I watched that one. I absolutely watched that one. But I didn't watch the, the more recent ones. Okay. That was Patti LaBelle and Gladys Knight. That was probably one of my favorites. But tonight is Ashanti versus Keisha Cole. Who are you choosing? Oh, okay. I will. I like Ashanti. Yeah. I think I'm going with Ashanti. <laughs> I that was a hard one for me to yeah. because I like both of them. If I had to choose, I think I would go with Ashanti as well. I I like her sound. I like her style. I'm with you on that one. I am all for women empowerment and just excited to see both of them doing their thing. Beaver. So when I was getting prepared for our interview, I saw that you already have a, sing a single, not a single, you already have an album out. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. So when can we expect another album? Mm, okay, I'm actually working, um, thank God for the lockdown. I've, written a lot like there's no structure to the songs and I also didn't want to put pressure on myself I just allowed myself to just write whatever came to me um and just put it on paper so I am working on something but I don't also want to put pressure on myself to say this is when it's gonna come out or you know whatever I think what I'm working on now I'm not trying to impress anybody I just want to make a body of work that I'll be able to say, this is me as a person in music. That's what I want to do. Even if I sell like one copy of that CD, I honestly wouldn't care because I just want, I'm doing that for myself. And I think yeah. the first time around, it wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think this time I've earned, I've earned the right to be able to just make something for myself i'll see what happens after that i don't have a plan about what will happen afterwards but this one time i'm just making this for myself and i'm allowing the music to come as it comes mm -hmm. i don't want to push myself or put pressure on myself i just want it to flow and if for whatever reason the flow stops i allow it to when it picks up again i pick up as well i just want it to be authentic and original and real yeah. If people get touched, thank God. Mm -hmm. But if nobody gets touched, I'll still be okay because that'll be me in yeah. a CD. Yes. And I will appreciate that because it's going to just show who you are and you're going to give us all of you, 
nothing more, nothing less. And I think as a consumer, that's all that we can expect of you. Just give us you. Lungi. I, I plan to do just that. Yeah. I've enjoyed this so, so, so much. And we're going to continue this offline so we can really get to know each other more. Oh, I love you too, Winston. Thank you for coming in. Uh, or maybe that was for Lungi. I am, I cannot wait for your podcast. I'll take some of it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is all you anyway. This is all for you. But I am so, so excited for you and for your future. How can connectors stay connected with you? What are your socials? Do you have any upcoming shows that connectors in South Africa can see you? Please let us know. All right. The, uh, my social media handles are at Lungi Mutawung across basically the whole social media landscape so twitter facebook um instagram and even youtube i'm at lungi mutau so i'm not doing any live performances for now i needed to take a break because last year was just rough on me mentally physically emotionally it was crazy i actually kind of feel like the lockdown has been such a blessing in disguise for me. Mm -hmm. I've gotten a chance to work on areas of myself that I didn't even realize were a problem mm -hmm. because I had to literally sit in my feelings and allow myself to feel them. So I, I just took a break from every kind of, I haven't had a, a, a proper live performance since like March this year. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy about that. So I'm going to pick things up again next year with the new year. So if you follow me on social media, I'll keep everybody updated. But for now, I'm taking my time off. I'm hanging out with my family. I'm falling in love with myself again. I think I needed that. Oh, I think that's I'm hanging out with my husband. Of course. Of course. I just heard him from the kitchen. I heard him from the kitchen saying, She's not even mentioning the fact that she's hanging out with her husband. Sorry, I'm hanging out with my husband. There you go. <laughs> he said, put some respect on that ring. <laughs> and connect yes, he did. <laughs> and connectors, you know how to stay connected with me. Subscribe to my website, www.ampsconnected.com. You can also email me, info.ampsconnected at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram at ampsconnected. I have enjoyed this interview with you so much, so much, so much, Lungi, and all of the connectors who have joined us. Lorado, sis, thank you for staying. All right, connectors, I have enjoyed this time. Thank you again, everyone who has been here with us today in South Africa via Zoom. And connectors, please rate, review, subscribe to Amps Connected Podcast. Until the next podcast episode, you know what to do. Stay connected. <laughs>